You're listening to the Embrace Church podcast. To learn more about Embrace Church, including additional messages, resources, and how to connect, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Today's message comes from Kelly Brumbelow. Hi, my name is Kelly Brumbelow. I'm one of the pastors at Embrace Church. We've been working on a series of the last couple of weeks that we've titled Fully Known. Brandon started this series out as he talked about our desire, each of us, we all have this desire to be fully known, but not just fully known, but to be fully loved in the state of being fully known. He went on to say that we desire this. We desire to be valuable. We desire to be worthwhile, really worthy of that kind of love. And that's something innate in us. I mean, when you're born as a baby, you long to be fully known and fully loved. You see, Scripture tells us in Ephesians that God has given that to us, that it is innate in us, that He has planted that in us because He longs for us to turn to Him. You see, He longs for us to look at Him and to find what it means to be fully known and fully loved. Stephen continued last week is discussing that when we begin to live into that, when we begin to grasp what it means to be fully known and fully loved, that there's some powerful things that happen in and through us. All of a sudden, we find freedom from bondages. All of a sudden, we find hope in hopeless situations. All of a sudden, we are able to look at people and see them differently. Those people who um, are our enemies, those people who frustrate us the most, we're able to have compassion and understanding and grace. Something powerful happens in us and through us when we live into what it means to be fully loved and fully known. Today, I want to venture with you into Ephesians 3. As Paul's really wrapping up uh, the gospel, he's wrapping up in Ephesians 3 what he's been communicating to us in Ephesians 1 and 2. You see, he was talking to some young Christians in Ephesus, some young believers, and, and he was expressing to them that we really need to grasp this. That, it, that it's not just fully known and fully loved, but it's the reality that that is our identity. And in that identity, we have access to God the Father. Because hear me, nothing is more fundamental to the Christian journey than feeling and knowing that we are loved. Nothing. Paul tells them in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. He says a prayer that kind of closes everything out, that closes the the three chapters. And he says, here's my prayer for you. Young believers, here's my prayer. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled in the measure of the fullness of God. It's as if Paul is inviting us, that he's inviting us to picture the universe. He's inviting us to look at the limitless sky, to look around us at the horizons and the limitless limitlessness in them, to look into the depths of the earth and in the sea. And then say, hey, Christ's love for you 
It's more than that. It's more than that. A well-known story um, of Margaret Thatcher when she was Prime Minister of the United Kingdom is told about when she's visiting um, an old people's home and she's walking around from room to room visiting with a lot of the senior citizens who had been there quite a while. And she realizes that there's this one older lady who does not realize that she's shaking the hand of a world-famous politician. So Margaret Thatcher says to this lady, do you know who I am? And the lady responds back, oh dear, I don't. But I would advise you to ask the nurse. She usually knows. Here's the reality. I would say many, if not most of us, have struggled with identity issues. But that's not really hard to understand because you see, we live in a world that tries to tell us that it can determine our identity for us. Think about it. When you were little, you probably got rewarded by good grades, by good behavior, by achieving. And then you grew up so that the world then measured you based on your appearance your performance, your production. You see, this is a false narrative, and it sometimes works for a while, but eventually leaves us alone, all alone. What Paul is saying here is a kingdom narrative. It's a narrative that says that you are quite simply just love. Not because of who you are or what you've done or what you will do, but because you are quite simply loved. That's the kingdom narrative that we find here. That is our identity. I've got good news for you. God doesn't need you. He wants you. You see, in the creation of the world, the beginning of time, God wasn't bored and just trying to figure out something to do. He was in perfect communion with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Spirit. They were in perfect communion, fully satisfied. He doesn't need us. He wants us. He wants you. And it's not based on you. It's totally based on the love of Christ for you. He loves you so much that he was willing to suffer himself to send the Son of God down so that you could have access to the Father. You see, Paul says here, he says that um, in verse 12, it says, In Christ we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him unrestricted, limitless access to God. Not as a servant, not in a posture of begging, but a posture of the beloved. Paul understood when he said this prayer over these young believers, the power in the, of grasping this love that it's not based on you, that this love is there for you. All you have to do is accept it and believe it, and it will live then through you and change your life and the way that you see the world around you. 
There's something I don't want us to miss in these passages. You see, if we can accept that love from Him, benefit from it, and say, oh yes, I believe that it is for me, we've only understood half the gospel and half the message that Paul was portraying. You see, listen, let me read this again to you in Ephesians 18. He says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Together. You see, John Wesley said that no one ever goes to heaven alone. That we're meant to be in community with others. We're meant to be accepting this love and living it out, not alone, but in community with other people who are aspiring to do the same thing. Now, I'm not disillusioned that the church is um, perfect. I'm not. I know that the church may have its faults. And I know that the people inside the church may have their faults and they don't always live up to this grand purpose that Christ has for the church and for the people in the church. But it's still the place where we find the love of God. One of the hardest parts for my family um, the first three months of this pandemic was the fact that we couldn't go into worship on Sundays. That we couldn't be in worship with other people side by side. Now, that doesn't mean that the people around us were perfect. No. And it certainly doesn't mean that we were perfect. I mean, there were many days that I walked in with wrinkled clothes on, that, that, that my kids walked in and forgot their shoes and were running around barefoot, and their clothes did not match at all. Where in the middle of the service, they would spill some hot chocolate, or they would begin to laugh or giggle in the time of an intimate prayer time. No, no, we weren't perfect, but it's where we received the love of Christ. Because it wasn't based on who we were or what we were doing or what we could do. People were living in to the love of Christ for them and they were allowing it to flow through them. And we felt it and we knew it. I'd like to read a quote for you by William Barclay. It says, this world is not what it was meant to be. It is torn apart by opposing forces and by hatred and bitter conflict. Nation is against nation, neighbor against neighbor, class against class. Within every individual, the fight rages between the evil and the good. It is God's design that all people and all nations should become one in Christ. To achieve this end, Christ needs um, the church to go out and tell the world of His love and His mercy. Hear this. And the church cannot do that until its members, joined together in fellowship, experience the limitless love of Christ. We have to accept it. This love that has no boundaries. This unrestricted access to God the Father. As his beloved, we have to accept it and allow it to live through us. Can you imagine, for, for a moment, just imagine, if you could truly believe in that love, 
that, that, that you're not being judged, that you are just loved and that it wants to freely move through you so that it can change your life and the life of those around you. Can you imagine for yourself and the community that you live in, what would be different? How would your circumstances look? How would you feel? How would it change your interaction with those in your home and outside of your home? How would that change your perspective of a pandemic in a world that feels like we're just fighting against each other? What would change? Now I'd like for you to reflect on the fact that God can double, triple, to far more than what you can imagine. In verse, in the last verse 20, he says, Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we could ask or imagine. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you that this is our identity. Our identity is that we are quite simply loved by the creator of the universe. That we have the privilege of access to you anytime we want, at all times, as your beloved. As the children that you didn't need, but that you wanted. Oh, Father God, allow us um, to accept that. Even when it's against our own human nature to accept it because of the relationships that we have experienced on this earth or because of the way that this culture is so based on performance. Allow us to accept it anyway, because you loved us anyway. You even loved us knowing that it required of you to give us the right to not love you back. But you loved us. Anyway, you chose us anyway. You wanted us anyway. So do a mighty work in our hearts today. And then allow that to bowl over into a fellowship of people around us as we aspire to be the body that you've required, that you've asked us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, please make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast. For additional messages and resources, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Thank you for joining in with us today on the Embrace Church podcast. 